0: This is Bentley Manning.
1: And this is Kellen Day. This is an experiment to see what happens when church gets canceled.
0: And we find new ways to connect. This is...
1: This is... This this is, is...
0: Empty Pews. This is Bentley Manning, I'm hunkering down in Highlands, North Carolina.
1: And this is Callan Day, I am currently in my laundry room.
0: So this episode's a bit different. Normally we record our podcast from our office, uh, but this week I needed to be home to help out with some of the homeschooling, so now Kellen and I are trying to record our podcast uh, in different rooms.
1: It's a little funny.
0: I mean, anybody that's been on a Zoom meeting knows, uh, I think, what Callan means by uh, a little funny.
1: That was specific.
0: Yeah. So we're recording from our homes uh, today and the audio might be slightly different, but we're trying to make the podcast work and trust that we'll still come through clearly on your speakers.
1: Thanks for bearing with us. So Bentley, this week, um, you're kind of at home helping homeschool your children. I'm wondering if there are any funny happenings or tales you'd like to tell.
0: Yeah, well, look, I mean, one of the things that I've been doing is uh, doing a little more cooking. And, you know, I mentioned this, Kellen, to you the other day, and you kind of laughed at it. But but we've got a lot of people that listen, <laughs> listen in from Birmingham and from all parts of Alabama, and I think they'll understand this. So it's something I want to share with them in case they've heard about it or thought about it. So something I've discovered recently is that people will take like two or three pounds of bologna and they'll place that on a smoker for about four hours. And, you know, it's like it's like Alabama tenderloin is what this is. <laughs> Okay, and you 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 take it off the smoker, then you slice it and put it in a frying pan and eat it on a sandwich. I tried this the other day and it was the best thing ever. So if anyone's listening and you're and you're just, you know, you're deciding to be like pretentious and like, I'm not going to eat that kind of thing. I I think you got to try it before you start knocking something like that.
1: I was literally trying to avoid the story about the fried bologna. I asked a question about you homeschooling your children and somehow you still end up telling the baloney story. Have you ever
0: seen like little ants go start eating like a piece of watermelon on a picnic bench and then sure. all of a sudden like it's like one or two and then there are like a thousand in a minute? That's because the first one went back and told their buddy, I've tried something, and it's good. You got to come try it. And that's all I'm trying to do right now, Kellen, is to tell our listeners, I've tried something. <laughs> I, I wasn't surprised that someone like you from uh, Michigan would kind of put your nose up to, to smoked bologna, but maybe uh, some other folks are, are up for trying it.
1: If you make uh, smoked slash fried slash whatever baloney that Bentley just talked about this week, send us a picture. We'd love to see it, Bentley especially.
0: It's hard to mess up, uh, easy to enjoy.
1: My baloney has a first name.
0: It's O S C A R. My baloney has a. His name it's M A Y E R. Oh, I love to eat it every day. And if you ask me why, well, I'll say Because Oscar Mayer has a way with biology and just... Um. All right. So I've told everybody about uh, baloney, and I'm trying to just be a good evangelist about something I've I've had and experienced. Uh, Kellen, have you? What have you been doing these past couple of weeks? Any new things you've tried or done that you want to share with our listening audience?
1: Well, I did something really unusual for myself. Like, maybe I've never done this before as an adult, ever. What's that? I baked a cake.
0: Yeah? How was that?
1: Um, It was pretty good. The baking process itself was much more enjoyable than the eating process. Not because like the cake was bad, though I don't think it was like a great cake, it was like a pretty decent cake. Um,
0: what kind of cake was it?
1: It was a chocolate cake, it's pretty basic. Um,
0: like a sheet cake, or
1: I put it in a nine by 13 pan <laughs> if that helps <laughs> your imagination. Um, and yeah, I just like. I never have cravings for chocolate or dessert which I know may be very weird for people to hear but it's true I just don't really like sweet things very much but this weekend I just kept thinking that I really really needed a chocolate cake and so I made one and turns out I just made a chocolate cake for Kai because I don't actually really like chocolate cake so I've had a piece or two and it's fine but um I, I liked the sort of process of making it better than eating it.
0: Well, Kellen, I think there are a lot of folks listening that would um, be delighted uh, to be on the other end of that uh, equation. And if you want to keep baking because you enjoy that, I'm sure you got a lot of people that are ready to eat some cake.
1: Again, I'm not sure it's that great of cake, but <laughs> maybe I can work on my skills and then I will feel free to pass it out to folks. <laughs> you gotta
0: compromise the way i walk into the room i'm all right i'm all right ooh, ooh. Yeah, ooh, ooh. all right so for those of you listening yeah, uh kellen like is at her way. apartment and just now we were just talking about this chocolate cake and Kai, her husband, just delivered her a piece of cake and literally just after saying she didn't really enjoy eating it, uh, now she is uh, scarfing it down with uh, some speed. So I, I'm, I'm unsure about your previous comment about not actually liking uh, to eat it.
1: Well, it's like a little bedtime snack, you know? That you're but... enjoying. Yeah, it's it's good. Would I rather have popcorn? Yes, I would. But what we have in the house right now is chocolate cake.
0: All right, so, so just, just again, for those of you listening, when Kellen said that she didn't like eating the cake, I know that you were thinking to yourself, I think she's lying. And I can confirm for you right now that she was lying because she just wore <laughs> that piece of
1: cake out. I am not lying. I did not wear it out, Bentley. I ate it very slowly. Like, okay, this is in front of me right now. I'm grateful that Kai brought it to me, so I'm gonna eat it.
0: If you find yourself inspired by all of Kellen's baking and decide to bake a cake on your own, we hope that you'll send us a picture. And if you're feeling quite generous, uh, feel free to share it with us. Not just the picture, but the cake as well. And thinking about sharing all that we have with each other, even cake reminds me a bit of our reading for this coming Sunday from the book of Acts, where we learn something about Christian community and the call for us to share what we have with others.
1: So the fourth Sunday of Easter is often called Good Shepherd Sunday. Um, And one of us to be determined will probably preach on that theme to some extent this coming Sunday. But because we had been talking about um, sort of life and community acts, I think specifically draws our attention to what that might look like for Christian community. And um, I think it's such a fascinating time to be asking, you know, what does community look like? So, what is what does Acts say, Bentley? Go ahead, summarize it for us.
0: Yeah, well, in Acts, Acts, I mean, to your point, Kellen is is a particular kind of community, and that kind of community envisioned uh, by Acts is uh, the community of the baptized, right? Of a Christian community who have devoted themselves to. The apostles teaching and fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers so that's the first thing is that we learn that this group of baptized christians have devoted themselves to a particular way of living in a particular pattern and then what we come to discover is not just this but that together they they held all things in common and that they would sell their possessions and goods and distribute all the proceeds uh, to those within the community who had need Um, and this is what our reading says day by day as they spent much time together in the temple they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having the goodwill of all the people So Kellen, this gives us a really wonderful, uh, powerful image of what life together at least looked like for early Christians and gives us a model for what our own community might look like, dare I say, even today.
1: This passage is often, I feel like, quoted to me expressing disappointment with the current Christian community. Like, how are we, um, you know, living into this example and model that the early Christian community set for us? Um, And, you know, I think, obviously, very different times, very different places, but gives us sort of an exemplary um, paradigm to follow. So I feel like I'm held accountable because of this passage. Like, do I have too much stuff? Probably. What does that mean? If I'm a part of a Christian community. I mean, having people like brought this passage up to you being like, what's the church doing now? See how it used to be. There's sort of this like nostalgia that is brought before us in this passage. I mean, nostalgia is not the right word, but
0: something like that. I certainly see both sides of this. I have seen countless numbers of times when someone in the community is in need and the first person the community calls is the church uh, because they trust that if anyone can help uh, someone or a group of people in need, the church is where you go. So I do think you're absolutely right, Kellen, that sometimes this is used... um, As a way for us to think about whether or not we're measuring up. Uh, But but also, I do think people still trust and believe and behave as if the church is a place that is ready to care for other people.
1: Bentley, I do agree with you that the church is, of course, a place that people turn to when they're in need and help. I think... um How this passage is often interpreted, though, is this more kind of radical vision for the way society should be set up. And I I do think it's something that we should have in our imagination when we're discerning and, you know, attempting to create Christian community.
0: I think what you're saying is absolutely right. Uh, Scripture is something that we read, but you will also hear... At times people say that scripture reads us as well. And so our reading from the Acts of the Apostles uh, held in that light is something that's reading our lives. It calls us to a higher calling, a higher standard. And that calling is one uh, that invites us into the Apostles' teaching, into fellowship, into breaking of bread, worship, and yes indeed it is one that calls us uh, to care for the needs of others and to share what with with others all that we have uh, the other thing i want to just name maybe that's that's implicit in this reading is that that life of abundant giving, giving without reserve for the needs of others, flows directly out of this patterned life around a particular tradition that we've received uh, from the apostles' teaching. It flows out of being fed the bread of life. And so folks who have been given so much, indeed life itself, Know of nothing more to do than to share life freely with those around me. Let us together
1: O God, I do not know what to ask of you.
0: You alone know my true needs and love me more than I know how to love.
1: I ask neither for cross nor consolation, but only that I may discern and do your will.
0: Teach me to wait in patience with an open heart, knowing that your ways are not our ways and your thoughts are not our thoughts.
1: Help me to see where I have erected idols of certitude to defend myself from the demands of your ever unfolding truth.
0: Truth you have made known to us in the one who is the truth, our savior, Jesus Christ.
1: Amen. Thanks for tuning in to episode eight of Empty Pews. We're so grateful um, that you keep listening And if you're wondering if um, maybe you have too much stuff or if others are in need, um, please consider donating to Highlands Emergency Council. They are looking for canned foods, um, cash donations and paper products. So um, we encourage you to offer your help and support to them.
0: And looking forward to the days ahead, please join us uh, for worship on Sunday. We also have a coffee hour that we've started at 10, 10 a.m. just before worship. And we invite you to join us for that. Our prayer this morning is an old prayer from the 19th century that came from Metropolitan Filaret of Moscow. As always. We love you.
1: We miss you.
0: God's peace.